Turn with me over to Galatians chapter 3. If, you're, if you've been with me, we are, we are spending, uh, I, I felt way back in uh, you know, June, July, August last year, that we were ramping up as a congregation, ramping up as a people to receive something very special when it came across into January 2018. That thing that I believe that we are stepping into uh, is an understanding, or let's not say understanding, that's where it starts, of course, but is the revelation and manifestation of this thing called the blessing of Abraham. And many of you have heard about it. You know, it's not that this is going to be, in a sense, new, new words to you, new teaching to you. But I believe that we're coming into a place where we're not just going to understand the teaching so that, you know, if you go to Uganda, you can teach the, you know, kids there about the blessing of Abraham. But that we're going to be stepping into an actual manifestation of that in each one of our lives. So knowing then that we've spent years and years breaking free of of this sort of like this mindset that says, my job is just to know that there is such a thing as the blessing of Abraham. And maybe you believe, yeah, when I get to heaven, I'm gonna get the blessing of Abraham, whatever. However, we've been, you know, cheated out of an actual revelation which produces an actual manifestation of that thing here on this planet in this life. And so we've spent a lot of time with understanding, getting rid of a lot of these mindsets that aren't going to be valuable for us as we step into this day of God releasing to each one of us uh, a real understanding so that it's not just in our head, but it actually gets in our heart. So turn with me, just go to Galatians chapter three. And so these are gonna be probably fairly, you know, fairly good times for us as a congregation. But we're going to have to do, you know, I'm gonna be giving you a lot of caveats, especially in the first couple of teachings as we talked last time. You know, the, the kingdom of God is likened unto a farmer who sows a seed and he sleeps and rises and the seed comes up, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, then he puts in the sickle and the harvest comes. That's how the kingdom of God works. That's how the kingdom of heaven works. And that's how the kingdom of earth works. Everybody, everywhere, the whole system in all of any, this, any dimension, anything where God is ruler, which is everywhere, all works by the same principle. And so when Jesus came, he says, it's just simple. You're going to be a product of the words that you believe, the seeds that have grown in your heart. So you'd think it's such an easy process. And, but if it is so easy, what are the reasons that each one of us would say, you know, I've worked at this for a bit, been hanging around this place for a while, and I'm not sure whether, you know, da 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 da, da finish the sentence yourself. Instead of that, if we just go back, you know, I, was, I spent some time somewhere this week. I was standing, it was a chair beside, I was in VSR, and we were talking about the... Uh, an understanding that, oh no, it was in Buffalo, Buffalo Church last week. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> kind of runs together after a while. But at Buffalo Church last week when we did you know, the pop-up that's over there, uh, we we're talking about that the, 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 when the symptom is universal, the foundation, the problem is foundational. That means if everybody is experiencing this, so many, the blessing of Abraham, that revelation's been around for forever. But how many people are actually walking in the dimensions of what that blessing is? 
And so knowing that, what we're going to be doing is we're going to be going back to the beginning. We're going to go back and find out why is it that no matter what denomination you're in, no matter what religion you were in, no matter where you were, we all have the same problem. Everybody is missing this thing called the blessing of Abraham in their lives. Not that we don't want to see miracles, not that we don't love each other. That's all good. We should do all that stuff. But the blessing of Abraham is very specifically the overcomer, the you know, pay for everything, able to do everything, being blessed going in and blessed going out. All of these things that are going, that is what's going on and needs to be going on in each one of our lives. And so we're stepping in now to that place where we're going to go ahead and say, okay, let's go back to the beginning, set the foundation in order so that we don't just hear a teaching again about what the blessing of Abraham is. But if this is God's assignment, this is God's gift to us in this season, how many of you say, yep, I'm looking to get a wee bit of that, right? I'm looking to be able to see that actively operating in my life. And if you weren't here for the last couple of services, then you know Deuteronomy 28, the first half of that to verse 14, outlines what the blessing of Abraham looks like. And so if you would say, I'm blessed going in, but I'm not blessed coming out, right? Then you only got a piece of it. Or maybe you'd say, I'm not blessed either way. Then you'd, we need it, right? It, and we, we look at those things and say, I'm going to be honest about the fact that maybe I don't have a full revelation of that yet. But yet is okay. We can admit that because we're not people who don't know how to get it if it's available to us. Does that make some sense? So in, 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 uh, in Galatians chapter 3, so then those of us who are of the faith, of faith, are blessed with believing Abraham. And so, it, I didn't want to, I just got any other glasses. So it says there, those of us who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. And so I, I kind of don't want to go too far back here, but remember that when, uh, thank you, Lord. It's a problem when you write a whole teaching and now you're getting flooded by all the things you don't want to talk about today. <laughs> if you read Romans chapter three and Romans chapter four, it tells us that there, are, uh, there was a, a lineage that came out of blessed Abraham that was an inheritance to his biological children, the Israelite, the Jewish nation. And then when Jesus came, that, that, that was opened up to the rest of us Gentiles, people who were not in the biological lineage of, Jesus, of Abraham. The way that that happened was that we, through Jesus, unlocking the blindness of our heart so that seeing we wouldn't perceive, hearing we wouldn't understand, unlocking that mechanism so that seeing we could perceive, hearing we could understand. Once we can understand, we have the ability to believe something that would not, we would not normally believe. Does that make sense to everybody? Yes. When you believe something, that is this thing called faith. Right. And so we don't, we're not accessing uh, uh, the, the, the blessing of Abraham because we are of the, in his actual descendants. Most of us, anyways, are accessing that because of this thing called faith. So then it makes it important for us each to understand how or what is faith. Because we've talked about this a bit last year. Most of us, if you go to somebody and say, what is your faith? What are they going to answer? They're going to say, I'm Christian. Maybe they're going to say, I'm Baptist. Maybe I'm going to say, I'm Muslim. Maybe I'm going to say, I'm 
you know, I'm Pentecostal, maybe I'm going to say I'm charismatic. It always has reference to their religious bent. And that, but that's not what the word means at all. I mean, it does mean that, a very small piece of it does line up perhaps with, you know, what we believe here about victory or light city and where we're going. And also we, can, we all have that in common. But the word faith actually means what you actually believe. And so then it's telling us that through what we actually believe now, we have access to something that we would not normally be able to believe. Being raised up, no matter what culture you are raised up in, believe me, you're not, we, we, have, we have more disadvantages being raised in our culture than we have advantages, even though we have a lot of advantages. Right? Like when my children grew up, you know, they grew up three children in one home. The ch kids don't grow up that way anymore. They grow up one person, one child out of six billion. Their insignificance factor is multiplied a billion fold because we've lo we're losing the consciousness that we're part of a very important nuclear family. And so the insignificance that's created, if you've, if you've, you know, like one of the problems, one of the things that the younger people in our day struggle with since the internet is that they, have, they, they grow up in their formative years knowing that they're in just a sea of humanity of which they are an absolutely insignificant IP address in the middle of the world. That's a, not a good thing. So they come and they, de they deal with the insignificance part very heavily, much more than maybe my generation or your generation did. Does that make some sense? I don't know why I'm on that. But when we're coming now, when we come around and understand that this blessing of Abraham has been made available to us as the New, Te New Testament believers, that it's available to us because specifically we access it by the things that we believe. And the Romans tell, beginning of Romans two, 3 and 4 tells us that Abraham was both of these people. He was one the father of the Israelite nation, the Jewish nation, and two, he accessed it before he was an Israelite nation. So he was possessor of this blessing when he only had the access to it by faith. So he's like, we're kind of like connecting, we are people of faith, connecting back to the original person of faith that accessed the blessing, so, if you can access the blessing at all, it is going to be the same way that Abraham accessed it, which is by faith. So what's the important component here then? It's not that the blessing changed or didn't change. It was that we have to step into an understanding of this faith thing. If it doesn't mean what church you go to or what doctrinal belief system you have, if this word pistis, which talks about simply, what do you believe? And so if you don't believe you're blessed going in and blessed going out, maybe you don't believe you're blessed in your wallet and your bank account, maybe you're just a struggling person, and we'll talk about that in a minute, just an, a, you know, a regular human or a, you know, an evolved animal that is scratching and scraping just like the squirrels are right now to try and figure out where lunch is coming from which is how most natural people believe about the world that they live, especially the modern ones in our day. And so when our belief system isn't lined up with the blessing, that God's blessing flows, like in Abraham's life, Abraham was one time didn't have a lot, and then all of a sudden the next day he did have a lot. How did that happen? 
And the difference is the blessing of God was activated, the same blessing that God said to Noah, the same blessing that God said to Adam. So I know, one, I'm a descendant, of, I'm a descendant somehow of Noah, and that makes me a descendant also of Adam. The same blessing that God gave as a gift to human in Genesis chapter one, gave to, then, you know, flood the earth and all that stuff. Then God gave, as soon as Noah gets off the boat, he says it again to Noah, just to confirm it. Then we get Abraham comes along a little bit later, Abraham accessing that blessing because of what he believed. Growing up an animal just like the rest of us, but he was able to go through a process where different, you know, we'll talk about them, where he stepped in and realized, I'm not just an animal. I'm a divine being created in the what? Image Image and likeness of my dad, of my mom. Yeah, okay, those, my, but image and likeness of God. Adam was created in that image. Noah was created in that image. I am created in their image. So I have a direct link back through my DNA, through my ants, through my species, I have a direct link back to understand a little bit of who I actually am. Right. Now, you might have told me I was somebody else, and maybe my world told me, my teachers told me, my coaches told me, my whatever told me, my TV and my internet might have told me I was something else. Mm-hmm. It's like those paintings. You remember how, you know, when, the, when Hitler was wandering through Europe, one of the first things he did when he took over a place is he used to take the artwork. They had train and train loads and train loads and train loads of artwork that they sent back to, to Germany. It's what he was a collector, I guess. And so one of the ways that they used to fool them was that they would take the master, the, the, the expensive piece of art, and they would just paint some watercolor cheapy thing over top of it. And so then when the Germans would come in, or not actually the Germans, I shouldn't use that term. That's, you know, when that particular army moved in, and they would look at this painting of, you know, grandma, you know, sitting in her rocking chair, painted obviously by a 14-year-old that's sitting over the mantelpiece. They would leave it there. They know it's valueless. But then once they came back, people knew, you know, that painting of grandma, right? And then they would just get, wipe, wipe off the watercolor off the top of it, and there it was, Right? That's how a lot of us have gone through our lives. We are these divine beings created in the image and likeness of God. But then the world comes and the philosophies come and the ideas come and the changes come and they start to make us into somebody that we are not. There's a, there's a, a, a painting over top of our authentic self. You know, I talked to the team at VSR this week and I'm way the heck off my notes. This whole concept of authenticity is a huge concept in our culture right now. So a lot of with the younger people, they just are so, they're captivated by this concept of being an authentic person. But how do you know what you are authentic in? Right? It's, the authentic talks about original. Right? It talks about is there, a, is, there a, is there a valid line between today and this original Picasso that was painted you know, 400 years ago. Can we validate the ownership of this, the whereabouts of this painting all the way back to Picasso? And then do we know that it was Picasso who painted it? And then we can authenticize this painting. Does that make it true? So what that means is that you don't look outside 
I don't take a painting and then look at stuff that Michelangelo did and look at something that I did and then something that John did or anything like that to find out if this is a Picasso or not, which is what a lot of what's going on today. Let's look out there and see what Tom Cruise is doing today because that's, that's really what a human being... No, that's not how you do it. We have to go back to what is the, what is the original design? And if I'm looking to be an authentic Ian then in order for me to be authentic, I have to go back to the beginning, trace my, can I trace my lineage as I just did? I know I'm a human being, at least most of the time, and I can go back to Noah, and I can go back to Adam, which goes back to God. So I can trace my lineage. I know that I haven't wandered in. I don't think there's been any gorillas that have DNA'd into my bloodline. So I know I'm authentic human being. And then if I am that, if I can trace that and validate that, then all I want to know is, in the original design, what was a human being? That's what tells me the authentic me. The authentic me is, looks like Adam, which we have a closer picture. The authentic me looks like Jesus. Jesus. I know that's challenging sometimes. It's like, no, we're supposed to be religious. Let's lay on the floor and pray some more. Yes, you should lay on the floor and pray. But you should lay on the floor and, floor and play looking for the authentic you, which is just like Jesus. And so that's what the Lord said to me in, in November, December, because I always went to him. I've said you this already, but I want to focus you. I, I, I asked the Lord, like, what level of humanity? Remember we were doing the superhero, Jesus is a superhero teaching? So I went to him and I said, what level of humanity, of the potential of a human being, do I live at right now? So I'm thinking he's going to say 60%, you know, look great in his jacket. So it's like, you know, surely I'm somewhere around 60%. I don't want to be prideful and go 90. The Lord said two. That what we live right now, our experience as in our humanness is 2% of what Jesus experienced when he was here. Imagine. Now that's awesome on one side because it says we got lots, we, we, we got lots of room to grow. Right? We don't get, we, there's, no, there's no point in spilt milk thing because of who we are today. It's okay. But realize in, there's so much more of what is, what is in the experience of a human being. You know, like the, the, I have a motorcycle, you know, and so the motorcycle right now is sitting in Irma's garage under a blanket. That's not the full expression of what you get to have a motorcycle. There's more to having a motorcycle than letting it sit in somebody else's garage under a blanket. And this is us right now. We're looking at it saying, okay, so if the beginning of this whole journey was Abraham, the father of the Jewish nation, but then also the father of Christianity. Do you, know, you understand that? We gave away Abraham because we took Jesus, they took Abraham. But the Bible tells us clearly that in Romans that our lineage, our, the life that we've been given, yes, Jesus gave us access to it, as a blind and uh, uh, you know, uh, orphaned spirit, an orphaned person. Jesus gives us the ability to get back into that. But the way we get back into it is specifically through faith. And then as we stand here today saying, yep, I believe that, I believe that's mine, I believe it's an inheritance, I believe that's my portion, that I would be just like Father Abraham in this earth because I am human too. Yes. Human gives me access to it. Does that make some sense to you? So if that is true, which I believe we're all on the same page when it comes to that, then 
we have to appreciate then that believing is actually something. Believing isn't just sitting in a meeting with Pastor Ian and go whoop, whoop, and then go off to the coffee and now I believe, right? Well, we, uh, believing is actually measurable. Most people don't think believing is measurable. But how many of you know you can tell your kid to do something and they say, yes, they're going to do it, and then you can come back in three or four hours and find out whether they were believable or not? How? Right? It's because of what they did. Right? If I go to a restaurant, if, you know, if, uh, you know, me and Jason go to the restaurant and I pay the bill, he goes to the washroom and I pay the bill when he's gone to the washroom and I tell him when he gets back, I've paid the bill. And then he, we get up to leave the restaurant and Jason is kind of looking behind him and he's running to the car. <laughs> what do you know? He didn't believe me. You can, it's totally measurable whether we believe or whether we don't believe. And so we've kind of made this more of a charade than it really needs to be. Though we can say, I believe something, right? I believe Jesus died for my sin, but I'm guilty for the sin that I committed. Those are incompatible. Either you believe you're forgiven or you feel guilty for the things you've done. One or the other. Does that make some sense? And it's okay if you feel guilty about something that you did before you became a Christian. But you have to be able to get that what you did underneath, understand, grow in it, so you believe that when Jesus was here, he gave us complete forgiveness for the things that we have done. But it doesn't mean just because it's a doctrine, just because it's understandable, believable, that I believe it. My belief is completely measurable. And that becomes, that becomes now kind of aggressive. But if we don't accept it, then we would say, oh, I, believe I'm, I believe I'm blessed like, like Father Abraham. But if you believe that, we have a different perspective. The way I see my world right now, if I'm blessed going in and blessed coming out, blessed in a city, blessed in a country, blessed in my wallet, blessed in my bank account, blessed in my business, blessed in my body, blessed with my children, blessed in my relationships, blessed head and not the tail, lender and not bar. If I'm, if I'm all those things, then if I believe that, it becomes that. At maybe not in the fullness, but at least it's, there's a flow. And so each one of us then, as we're breaking into this season, this hundred years right now that we have, this is the season where we get rid of the idea that Christianity or is Jesus things are just mystical things that are going to appear, you know, I'm happy because I say that I'm happy. And there's a place to do that. Pastor Alex will come up and tell you in a minute. You do need to pull it together. But... There's actually great things. If I could, if your life could be like Jesus's life, that wouldn't be a bad thing. That wouldn't mean that you're a miserable person just wandering around with a long face and a gown on, right? Jesus's life was so magnificent when he was here. So much so that a rich young ruler and Nicodemus and these very powerful people were willing to trade everything in their life to get what Jesus had, right? People don't realize that Nicodemus was a ruler of the, of the, of the Israel, the, the religious ruler. For him to come to Jesus and maybe become a disciple of Jesus, like how is that gonna go exactly? That wasn't gonna necessarily be good. It wouldn't, you wouldn't think it was gonna be, it might have gone good, but the, the assumption would be it wasn't gonna go good. They were willing to trade that. Does that make some sense? Am I making you think? Okay, so, um, 
Like there was one time I, I, I was just, and I'm not boasting about this, but where's, where's, uh, where's Z? Is he in here? Yeah. So one time we were, he and I were in the sanctuary together. We were doing something and there was a wasp, like in the summertime, there was a wasp flying around on one of the back of the chairs. You remember this, Michael? And so what I, and I'm not boasting, I just don't have a fear of these, these, yeah. these creatures, right? So I just went over to it and I just slowly put it into my hand and I took the little critter outside. Now that was, you know, he kind of came up to me afterwards and go, but you know, but the evidence, the, yeah, the wasp whisperer, you know. <laughs> the, now there's stuff I, there, you know, I, 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 I very humbly submit to you that there are maybe a few things that I am actually afraid of, but I wasn't, I'm not afraid of those things. So you can see that somebody's not afraid of something based on what they do. And so when we are able to process this simple thing where we own the stuff that we believe today, we're set free because we don't have to stay here forever. I can believe literally anything if I know how to believe. I can pull up any website on this entire planet if I know how to use a computer. If I don't know how to use a computer, then I'm, I'm dead in the water. But the, um, the, the access is completely open to me to believe as much or as little of what is possible knowing that I am human and I can believe anything, yes. right? When you guys go off these red shirts, when you guys go off in a few weeks, you're going to talk to people who believe radically different about this world than you do. They just believe what they believe. You believe what you believe. We can believe anything. Are, you, are we okay with this? And so when the blessing of Abraham comes now, we have this, this understanding that's been released into the kingdom, but there are still two groups of people. Do you remember in Mark chapter four, Jesus talks of the parable of seed, sowing, da, 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 30, 60, 100 fold. Then the disciples, Jesus leaves the stage, he's told his little story and he's out. And so the disciples come after him and say, why do you speak in parables? And he said, to you, it is given to know the mystery of the kingdom, but to them that are without. He's talking about the people who didn't come up and ask him. They were just there for lunch or a miracle or they needed healing or something, which is all good. But they weren't seeking after it. They were like, uh, we could say it today, they were like amateurs. They're spectators. They show up for the game. I don't want to play. I just want to watch. Right? I'm going to get excited. Woo! It's gonna be awesome, my team. I got, the, I got the threads on, I got the cap, I got that little thing you put under your bum. I got it all going on, but I don't wanna get on the ice. You know, those guys are mean, they're gonna hit me and they're gonna, right? I don't wanna play. But then there was the professionals. These are the guys who they, were gonna, they wanted to play. They wanna get on the ice. And they're coming to Jesus, Gretzky, and they're saying, Jesus, how can I get on the ice? How can I play? Teach me how to play. Let me, how do you do the stuff that you do? Because they intended to be those people that did it. Right. They were disciples, they were, and they were professionals. But the kingdom has, we've, we've all come up inside of a Christianity where I play, you watch. Like today, you know how the jokes, you know, you get little cards, it's, oh, that was a four, you know, that was a six, ooh, a 10, woo. But we have to change that. Apostolic ministry is not about the apostle. He's not about the person, the pastor, the guy in the front, not about that. This season is about the blessing of Abraham becoming part of your life, your dream, your future. 
so that you are even as impossible as the dream of your life is in your perception. If you added blessed going in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, lend and not borrow, how does it feel now? How does the dream look now? Do you see? And so when each of us are coming through this journey, we each can grab hold of my portion. I'm no longer a spectator. Now I'm here because I want to take the principles. I want to learn what Jesus taught so that, because Jesus taught what it matters to get this thing called faith. But what I have to do is I have to become a professional. I have to be here looking for the tools so that I go home and use the tools to get the, the job done, right? right? Yes. Like if you're in business or something like that and you go to a conference and they're teaching you, if you're a dentist, for example, and they're teaching you about the new Wandangi Fufu that you put in somebody's mouth now, you go home and you start using the Wandangi Fufu. That's what they took you there for. You don't go home and say, well, yeah, there was this thing, you know, I wish I could help you, but you know. They taught me about it, but I didn't pay any attention. They said, well, can sell me the book, but I didn't want to buy it. So you know that tooth growing out of your nose? I could have fixed it, but I can't. I didn't really pay any attention. See, that's, but this is, this is the radical transformation that has to happen. That's why I'm taking so much time with this. We could do blessing of Abraham in one service. It's a simple, simple thing. Simple, simple, simple. The problem is, is we have to go back and say, okay, if it's simple, how come it's not already working? Right? So last time what we talked about was, I'm just going to skip ahead. Am I going to skip ahead? Uh... For most people, transformation to a place of faith has not, been, not yet become a purposeful activity. There has not been an understanding of the rewards of successfully mastering this process. Jesus mostly has been about getting to heaven. You know, he's been a religious leader. He hasn't really been the guy who's going to teach us how to become different people. Uh, they learn and grow because they understand the seed process is what, oh, this is the farmer, professional farmer, skip the page. Uh, the professional farmer, right, they look at the seed, they look at the process, and they analyze the process because they have a clear understanding that seed produces harvest. Now, some, when you start, you just put the seed in, go on vacation, come back, and see how you did, which is okay, probably something there, but not gonna be real good. But then you learn more about it. <clears throat> you learn to water, you learn to weed, you learn to pick out the rocks, you learn to keep the bunnies away, you keep all these things, and then you get a better harvest. And they study it. But the beginning of it started with that tomato <clears throat> came from that little seed, and they get it. We're still in a place where we don't necessarily think that. Now, you may think that because you've been around here a while, and every Sunday I get up here and say exactly the same thing I said last Sunday, but... We still have to be in that place where we grab onto this simple mechanism. The kingdom of God is likened unto a farmer who sows a seed, first a blade, then the ear, a full harvest, zippity-doo, that's what it is. That's it. Yeah. Simple. We have to buy in and begin to learn a little bit about what it means to be professional farmers, what it means to be a, somebody who is really becoming serious about the process. So last time we were here, Mark chapter 4, flip over there. Mark chapter four talks to us about the challenge, or uh, I think we were in Matthew 13, go there instead. In Matthew 13, it talks to us about the challenge 
And, it, and Jesus said, here's what the problem is, is that they have waxed gross. That's what my Bible says, you know, your people, yours, but for the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, their eyes are closed, excuse me, their eyes they have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn and I should heal them, Matthew said, uh, save them, Mark says, or uh, forgive them, Luke says. And so all of these processes come through the same transformation in what I believe about the world around me, what I believe about the promises of God, what I believe about my relationship with God. And so when we're dealing with this thing here, waxed gross, yeah, oh, 15, yes, I'm done. The thing here about waxed gross, and the, this, let me get you this one point, because uh, the, the, one of the problems we talked last time, two of the problems, one that when I believe something different than the Bible says, I toss it out. It's automatic, it just bounces off me, it goes in one ear and out the other. The second problem is God speaks a different language. At first, we speak fear, dread, and selfishness. God speaks faith, hope, and love. You remember that? You know, God, I need money. So he comes back and says, you know, give uh, Emily 10 bucks. I said, excuse me, Lord, I need the money. Emily don't need no money, right? So we, we don't listen because his answer seems whacked to us because he's talking about faith, hope, and love. He wants me to sow a seed, I sow a seed, I'm gonna get a harvest, harvest is gonna be what I'm looking for. I just want God to drop a silver brick in my front yard so that I can, right? And so the third problem that I just wanna talk about really quickly today is that the process takes time, right? When we go from the, the, the start with the seed and then the little sprig and then the, you know, and then the tree and then the big tree, that's got all the fruit on it, 30, 60, 100 fold on that tree. This whole thing takes time. In the olden days, olden days, you know, 100 years ago and back to the beginning of time, everybody had lots of time, right? What you did today is exactly the same as you did yesterday. When you planted something, when you did something, you know, you could say, you can, you know, grandpa can take their grandson out to the field and show him the fence that I put up when I was 10 years old. Because I live where I live, nothing changes. Everything is exactly the same. If I took an acorn out into the yard when I was 17 and I planted it, now I'm 104, I can go and sit underneath the shade of that tree and I can totally see the process because I lived it every day I woke up, I sat on the porch, I had my cup of tea, I looked at the tree every day. We don't live in a world like that anymore. We live in a world that, that we think everything is instant. How many of you saw Dr. Strange? Right, Dr. Strange goes from whack job idiot in the beginning of the movie, in an hour and a half, he became the world master of whatever it was that he did. That's how we want it. I want to go to a church service. You know, I I walk in, I can't raise the dead. I want to walk out raising the dead. I drove across the bridge on the way here. I'm going to walk across the water on the way home. (laughs) But we have a mindset that that's how it works. So what I'm looking for is, okay, come on up here. Let Pastor Ian pray for you. You're going to pray, boobity, boobity, in Jesus' name. (laughs) Fall on the ground, get up. Da-da-da. That's what we want. And that works good. I like that too. The problem is, it doesn't, it doesn't work like that. Sometimes somebody else's faith comes in and does this zippity-doo in your life, 
but what you just got was a seed. And this is what the problem is, right? We live, remember what happened before this point here. There was this huge fear, dread, and selfishness tree that historically does not produce good fruit because culture didn't celebrate those three forces. Our culture today, fear, dread, and selfishness celebrates those forces, right? Like you think about, you know, I remember, I remember watching this meme one time, this little story on, I think it was Facebook or something, but it was about the kid who it was in high school and he was jealous of the kid who showed up in a brand new car. One of his team, one of his schoolmates showed up in his brand new car. And the end of the story was, but then I remembered that the reason he had the money to buy that brand new car was because when you, when I, the, whoever the story person is, when I had money, I wanted to bless my friends. When I had money, I wanted to buy other people birthday presents. When I had money, I wanted to be a blessing. When he, that other person had money, they wanted to save it, put it in a can, sit on the can so that they can buy a brand new car, right? But the world would celebrate the guy with the brand new car more than it would celebrate the guy who was... Does that make some sense? Did I, did I say that well? And so because of that, what we do when we come into the kingdom is we come in and we say, okay, you know this beautiful tree for you that is producing at least what appears to be awesome fruit? And what do we do with that tree? We cut it down because we don't want it. We see, what, we see it for what it is and we see that it's ugly and selfish and evil in that sense that God is not into a fear, dread, and selfishness, we cut this tree down. What do we get in its place? We get a seed. Uh, yeah, I don't like it either. And then what happens is, is we have two girls, and you, I'm gonna go knock somebody out. Good thing you're pregnant, Danielle, or I'll be whacking you right now. We have to be willing to not only go through the time but we have to, faites attention, you know what that means, Canadians? You need to pay attention. The reason I know that is because that's really the only words my teacher ever said to me in French class. <laughs> I think she said other things, but that was the only one that really marked me. Right, Joy? And so the farmer, knowing that the seed eventually becomes the harvest, pays attention in this process for becoming skillful about making this process work. What we've done is because our, our understanding of Christianity and our understanding of the, what we are supposed to be doing, we're just supposed to be coming to church. And you should come to church. I'm just supposed to be reading my Bible. You should be reading your Bible. I'm supposed to be praying. You should be praying. But for the purpose of understanding how I work, how do I honestly go from one side to the other? And we live in the part, the season of culture where this is kind of brand new stuff. It's been happening, you know, sort of coincidentally or here a little, there a little, haphazardly, you know, anecdotally in people's lives, but we've not realized this is actually the point. Jesus came here, he taught what he taught so that we would understand this simple process. Once we understand the process of how life works, first the seed, then the blade, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear, put in the harvest. That simple process that Jesus was trying to tell us about has got to become the purpose. It's got to become 
this is the reason. I'm here because I believe I am a divine being, just like Jesus was, just like Adam was, just like Noah was, just like Abraham was. I have the access to the blessing that is upon me when God blessed Adam, when God blessed Noah, when God blessed Abraham, he made that available to me. Jesus came here, not just to be born. You know, we could have just done, got, had a little baby, right? Jesus born in the manger. He was already sufficient to be our sacrifice. And they could have, you know, cut his head off right in the manger. And it would have been done. Zippity-doo, everyone's free. That's not what happened. What happened was Jesus came here and he grew up learned through, through his suffering, he learned obedience. He grew in wisdom and stature in favor with God and man. And then he taught us the things that he learned. And what he learned was how to be like me. Jesus was the word of God, right? John chapter one, in the beginning was the word. And the word was God. And the word was with God. Go down a little bit. The word became flesh. Jesus was a human being Becomed, you know, he becomed a human being because he of the word of God. He was completely 100% the word of God. And so when he came to us, he said, how do we become a little bit more of the word of God? Because every time I get a little bit more, of the, I really believe the word of God. I believe the truth about myself and about creation and about heaven and about God, well, all these things, Godwardness. When I go along this process, what I am doing in every step is I am becoming more like Jesus, which is more like the authentic person God created me to be. It doesn't happen any other way. That's, I guess, the message for today. There's ways to speed it up. We're gonna learn that, right? We're gonna discuss a lot of this stuff because how many of you like to go from here to the blessing of Abraham in full manifestation like zippity-doo? Anybody want that? Well, we've learned a little bit in our little journey which is what we all share. Hopefully when we've, and I share the things that we've understood a little bit about, maybe you'll get something else, right? Maybe the next generation, these younger ones will get it further. Maybe Olivia will be coming up, hanging out with us, and she'll get further and further and further and further so we can go from 2%. Maybe I can make it to 3%. You know, I'm a little dull. And so the, but maybe you can get to 5%. Maybe somebody else can get to 20. Maybe there's 30. Maybe there's 50. That's how this process works. I wish I could tell you, like I wish I could tell another farmer, just kind of hang out a little bit and the, the field will fill up with tomato plants. But that's not how it works. If you want to have a field full of, you can certainly have a field full of tomato plants. But it's not just going to be zippity-doo, it's going to work. Most likely, if we leave it alone, what's the field going to do? It's going to fill up with weeds, Right? I've never had a apple tree mysteriously appear in my backyard. So each one of us, why I'm belaboring this, I know I'm repeating myself. I know. The reason I'm belaboring it is because how many of you want to just hear about the blessing of Abraham? And then live the rest of your life going, oh, I know how it should be. But I also know how it is. Instead, let's do the do's like a good farmer. Let's do the do's and say, I have realized something. I, my authentic person, is a person that looks just like Jesus. 
Now, that's just going to take a little while right there, you know. Greater works. Yep. Yeah, you got to sure. share something, and then we got to go because we got other things yes. to do. So, Did anybody, um, anybody get blessed today? Am I? So I'm, good. I, please, I'll, I'll, you know, can we get to the jokes later? Because what we really need to do is we really need to understand that the word of God from Jesus' mouth to your ears works like this. Simple, simple, simple. Mm -hmm. But I have to be willing to connect the seed I was prayed for two and a half years ago, five years ago, and I'm starting to get a few fruit shows up. That's a long time to make the connection, right? We're prayed for every week. So how do I know? I did 17 ramas. How do I know which one got me here? That's what, that's what we do. Mm -hmm. But if I'm a farmer and I'm really serious about this, then I'm connecting the fruit with the seed. And how did I do along the way? How am I meditating? How am I reading? You know, when I unplugged, I seem to be all of a sudden, I'm amazing human. And then, you know, April comes, plug back in, and I become a miserable, nasty fella again. Uh, you know, am I catching a pattern at all in how that works? Because we have to be those people. I really want the inheritance that is mine. How many of you are with me? I really want yes. to step into yes. what God is saying. This is, you've labored for 10 years to get here. Now that you're here, this is, now that you know uh, how to believe, I'm giving you what to believe. Right. So we're just going over a quick again about how to believe. Mm -hmm. Awesome. And then we can apply how to believe very specifically to the seed that is Deuteronomy chapter 28. Is that, awesome. that good with everybody? Very Put your good. hand over your heart and Very say this good. with me. Say, I'm stepping in, I'm stepping in to, this amazing journey to this amazing journey that Jesus bought and paid for, Jesus bought and in, paid my life. for in my life. I declare today, I, declare today I, receive I receive the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of Abraham in my life. In my life. I'm just as much, I'm just as much an, inheritor an inheritor as Abraham was himself. As Abraham, was Abraham himself. got it by faith. Abraham got it by faith. I'll get it by faith. And I will get it by faith. Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. You know. You know. I need help. I need help. You know, you know. I need to learn. I need to. But learn. I declare today. I declare today that I'm a professional farmer. I am a professional. I'm a professional farmer. disciple. I am a, prof a professional. I want to hear what Jesus said, so that what he said, so what he becomes, said becomes what I believe. What I believe. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Yes, you can share. I just want to share this really quickly. This really helped me. You know, um, let's just say, for instance, coming to the Lord, uh, we all come and we, we all want to just like, here I am, Lord, use me. And, um, but you know, God gave me this, this example with this. I'm tweaking it a bit just to, you know, make it quick. But if you came to me and I, or let's say we, we, we want to go to Caleb Thorpe and we want him to build some beautiful uh, artistic piece of wood cabinetry and we bring him a rotten tree and yeah. we say, here's my tree, use this to make me a house. Let's say that's better. And he looks at us in all good conscience and says, I can't use your tree. I can't use your wood. In fact, you don't want me to use your wood. Because if I build you a house with your wood, it's not going to last. And a lot of times what we do is we want to come to God and we say, God, use me. And we don't like the tear up part. Any area in our life where we get uh with something God says and we don't believe it like pastor says, it goes in your, one ear and out the other. 
That's showing us, or we get bugged, we get annoyed when we hear something, it doesn't line up with us. Anytime that negative emotion rises up, it's just identifying to us that we believe something different than what God says is true. That means what we have in that instance is rotten wood that we are taking to Caleb to build us a house. And in all good conscience, he's going to say, can't use it. But I do have wood for you. Or he may say, here's a seed, you know, in this go, instance, go grow, a tree. go grow a tree. And we don't like that, but we don't want to move into a house. Joy talked about a lemon. If it doesn't start with God, it's, it's a lemon. We don't want to move into a house that's eventually not going to last. And in all good conscience, a lot of times that's what we ask our leaders or ministers to do. We say, well, this is how I'm living my life, and this is what I want to do. Can you? And we sometimes look there and say, mm, I can't really help you because we got to back up a little yeah. in order to get things back into alignment. And then once you do, you're flying. Then your life is flying. You're moving fast. But sometimes we got to get the, we, the, you know, the cart back on the track, yeah. and then we move. But we don't want to move with our cart off the track, and then we end up in a ditch. We have to look ahead. What do we want? If we look at right now, then we're satisfied to build a house with a rotten tree. Yeah. But if we look ahead, then we say, I don't want to live in a house that I'm not sure if I wake up in the morning and I fall through the floorboards. <laughs> right? Come on. Yeah. That's our life. And so that's what he's talking about. And I don't know if that helps you, but that really helped me. And so you, now you can see the direct parallel with what Pastor Tina just shared with what Jesus said between a house built on sand and a house built on a rock, right? Because the sand is just the stuff that comes and goes with the breeze. You can't, if you believe in the breeze, if you believe in the natural forces, then when the natural forces are aligned against you and you believe they are aligned against you, they're going to wash you down the river. We have to believe something that doesn't get washed away with the next, right. with the next rainfall, Amen. which is a different way of looking at life and understanding life. It's through the truth, not the facts. And this is where we're going.